Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick flying solo. Uh, it's Friday midday. And it was announced not too long ago that the Golden State Warriors have decided not to sign Dwight Howard uh, to the roster. Boo who? <laughs> uh, it is not a big deal. I mean, I've talked forever uh, about how I'm not a Dwight Howard fan. Uh, Vubang last week convinced me that you know, at least it would be fun. And it would have been interesting to me to see just him in the mix with all the vets and to see if he could, you know, play in the system, just having a dude who's that big and strong, even though he's old, uh, on the roster might have been all right because the Warriors are always outsized and whatnot. But I think some people out there not everybody but some people were a little confused as to what kind of Dwight Howard uh is available this is not (laughs) prime Dwight Howard this is old Dwight Howard who has never really been a Warriors type player and (laughs) technically is still not a Warriors type player because they did not sign him he worked out with Draymond Chris Paul uh DeMar DeRozan a couple other folks I think probably in LA that's where everybody (laughs) works out Uh, and it seemed like it went well, right? Like the vets were, they gave their uh, sign off, uh, supposedly, but he met with Steve Kerr. He met with Dunleavy and I don't have any inside information on, on those meetings, but they decided not to move forward with it. And it might not be this huge indictment of Dwight Howard. It might just be that, Hey, you know what? If you follow the Warriors roster decisions the last uh, few seasons, actually, they leave that 15th spot open and they look like they're going to go into camp with that spot open. And throughout the season, they leave that open. We've seen it where it's like they leave it open to see if there's somebody they could sign or trade for uh, or pick up off of the uh, buyout market in the second half of the season. So that flexibility is something that the Warriors. It's just what they kind of do. So I'm not, I'm a little surprised because I felt like if the vets, all of them kind of bought into this idea of having Dwight Howard, that it might happen. But uh, so far, you know, under the Mike Dunleavy regime, I ain't got too many complaints. He's done some things that I had hoped, like moving Jordan Poole. I want to see what he does as the season goes, right? He's, Never been GM during the actual season. So uh, I trust his instincts on this. And, you know, I trust the front office to some extent so far. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, There's other dudes, I'm sure, that maybe the Warriors could bring in that they've talked to, 
but none of them are super exciting. But what do you expect from uh, trying to fill an end of the bench spot? Like Dwight Howard, if he was going to be on this team, he would be at the end of the bench in spot minutes, not playing for long, long stretches. You know what I mean? Because he would not be in the rotation, right? He would not be in the rotation. He would be a matchup guy if the Warriors were playing somebody uh, that was, you know, a seven-footer that they needed six fouls on, that they needed to body up, bruise up a little bit. Uh, He is not a stretch big by any stretch of the imagination. And if if you think about the Warriors roster, current roster, their bigs are Draymond, Looney, uh, Sarich and uh, the rookie Trace Jackson Davis. So to me, there's no way that uh, Dwight is getting in front of those three veteran dudes. And honestly, what I'm hoping for from Trace Jackson Davis is because he was a four-year college player that hopefully, hopefully, you know, Steve Kerr can trust him, give him some run early, and that maybe by the second half of the season, he could go out there for 10 minutes and not screw up. You know what I mean? Uh, over the past few years, the Warriors have had really, really young rookies. You know, guys who barely played in college or didn't play in college, and they didn't earn Steve Kerr's trust right away. So if you're going to draft a four-year dude, hopefully he can get out there and do – the things that you need. The Warriors, in terms of their bigs, are still really short, <laughs> but we've seen that kind of be the way the Warriors have functioned the last couple of years. It worked in one year when they won the title. Didn't work last season, but we all know last season was just a combination of issues, whether it be Draymond Punch and Pool, roster construction bad vibes, Clay not playing in the summer, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? So that is kind of just the special aberration you just have to put in its own little box and be like, whoa, (laughs) that was one stupid season, (laughs) right? So this coming season, I always felt that they would probably leave a spot open and then see how the season went. And by mid-season, by uh, January, and then the all-star break in February, see where they're at and then make moves accordingly, right? See how this Chris Paul stuff works out. See how the rookies look. See how the third-year guys, Kaminga and Moody, are functioning out there. And then you can make your move. Right now, the Warriors have some bigs, but they don't have like that bruiser big. They've survived like that before. So I think a question is also like seeing how Looney how Draymond, how they hold up, how Saric holds up, how he functions in the offense. And again, how uh, Trace Jackson Davis, if he's able to pick up the NBA game and stay with guys on defense and not be (laughs) a big zero on offense. I don't think he will be. I don't think he's necessarily going to score a ton, but he is a lob threat and he can pass. You know, he's not a great shooter, but, you know, the Warriors have enough guys who can shoot for now. So no Dwight Howard, who knows what team, if a team will take a flyer on him. It seems like this Dwight Howard to the Warriors thing is some uh, much talked about fantasy that started when the Warriors try to uh, get him, but instead 
Howard went to the Rockets and the Warriors they took Andre Godala several, several years ago. Then there's also the last couple of years where everybody's like, sign Dwight Howard, sign Dwight Howard, right? This is not Dwight Howard from even five years ago. And again, I'm not a Dwight Howard fan. I think he's kind of goofy. I don't think he would fit in how this all works out, but I would have definitely tuned in just to see how long he would have lasted and see if there would have been any kind of fireworks at all. Maybe down the road, maybe he's still around. Maybe he goes back to Taiwan. Maybe uh, the Warriors think about calling him over in the middle of the season. But as of now, your Dwight Howard fantasies must be put on hold. Are you a Warriors fan who's also a San Francisco Giants fan like me? Then this message is for you. What will the Giants do with the trade deadline? Can they make a deep postseason run? Could Patrick Bailey be the next Buster Posey? These are the questions that keep Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni awake at night, and twice a week, they voice their thoughts on these matters and more as hosts of Giants Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast on Fans First Sports Network. Brian and Doug are bloggers who've been on the Giants beat for a decade, and every Monday and Thursday, they assess the state of the roster, the thinking behind the front office's decisions, and the quality of the farm system. It's a comprehensive look at the orange and black. Giants Croncast, the first, best, and only podcast you'll need about the San Francisco Giants right here on Fans First Sports Network and available wherever you get your podcasts. One thing I wanted to talk about also was, I think last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, Dame Lillard, (laughs) I forgot that the guy had a trade request and he still hasn't been traded. I have no idea what the plan is in portland what they're trying to do how things are going i haven't read any portland or news or watched any any news about that but you know it was put out that he would not want to play in the bay area for the warriors and it is still the slow time of the off season and you know it became a headline i don't think it was that big of a deal uh, i think it was people knew it was kind of just fluff it didn't mean anything but most star players don't want to play in their hometowns you know what i mean it's like they don't want to go back to that early in their careers they don't want to do it because you kind of want to go somewhere else you want to experience other things and i think for dame at this point in his career though like why would he want to come to the warriors oakland's finest he'd be coming back to his home area and he would be at best second banana to Steph and he's Portland's best player of all time in terms of just ability, skill, impact, uh, you know, length of his career. Yes. You can make arguments for guys who were there that helped him win a title like Bill Walton and whatnot and Clyde Drexler who didn't win a title, but was just, you know, a long time all-star, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's Dame and to come back to the Bay and be that, second guy more in later end of your career. I just don't see that being something. And obviously this is moot because way back when he said he wanted to go to Miami. So if he wanted to come to the Bay, he would have said it and blah, 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 blah. You know, but time and time again, you know, like I remember back in the day when Jason Kidd was a young player and it was like, let's get him back to Oakland. Let's get him back and whatnot. Cause whenever he would come to the Bay, he would just smoke the Warriors. The Warriors are terrible back then, right? The mid to late 90s, early 90s, or early 2000s. But that was something that it just never felt like it would ever, ever 
going to happen. Guys just, you know, want to build their legacies elsewhere, live life elsewhere and whatnot. So uh, I don't know if people cared that Dame said that, but to me, it's like, yeah, of course, of course. I just don't think it's anything close to reality. You know, like I was uh, doing this live stream for Bleacher Report back in June, right? They hit me up to, to do this live stream, but the topic was, should the Warriors trade for Dame? And <laughs> it was like, I was supposed to talk in ha a half hour about that. And I think I went about 20 minutes because honestly, like that's a topic to me that it's like a two minute topic, right? <laughs> you could look at the roster and just be like, oh, that's, that's a terrible idea. They'd be too small in the backcourt. They'd be older. Uh, who would you have to give up to get him in terms of salary? And then just having so much salary in him and Steph and how they are duplicative of each other. Like that's, that's obvious that you don't really want that. You want to find pieces that fit together. So, uh, you know, that is old news, but the off season's slow. So that is that. Andre Iguodala was on the old man and the three podcast with uh, JJ Reddick. And, you know, he talked about how he doesn't think he's a hall of famer. And I, at this point, I think I would agree. I would agree. I know that the bar for the NBA's Hall of Fame is a little bit lower than maybe, say, baseball's. Uh, but, you know, like earlier on before at the start of the dynasty, I thought maybe he could be a Hall of Famer. But just like I think with recency bias taken into account, and then, then you just look at the totality of his career. Like he was a great player. If you don't remember Andre Godala, and even if you do remember Andre Godala, uh, his athleticism when he was with Philly, playing with Allen Iverson to the two AIs, then you should go back and watch some Andre Godala highlights because the dude was insane. <laughs> his athleticism uh, was just through the roof. And he was just a, obviously a very smart, heady player uh, in terms of his credentials to get into the hall of fame, you know, maybe, maybe down the road, but you know, like, uh, one Olympic gold medal, I think, uh, maybe one all-star game, uh, finals MVP, but you know, ever since the Warriors lost that year to, uh, the Raptors in the finals and then Andre got traded and then he was kind of role player end of bench role player, for the heat well i wouldn't say end of bench but like you know his role was diminished compared to his role with the warriors and then come back to the warriors he got another title so he has four just like steph dre and clay but i mean we all know that that fourth one he got uh as much as i love andre like he was not playing very much throughout the season and very little in the playoffs and then this past season so you know i think i would have to agree with him just based on the overall picture i'm assuming he's retiring and i'm sure he'll announce that on his uh point forward podcast but uh i think if that announcement is just that he's retiring that's um you know okay yeah expected it right i don't think the warriors uh are gonna bring him back i don't think any other team in the nba really would bring him back i think his value to the warriors is higher than any other team in the league at this point and another team would need him to play, right? Not just be that coach, the culture guy 
right? That Steve Kerr connection from the coach to the bench, right? That go between. Uh, no other team really needs that. So I think he's going to retire. And if there's an announcement on his show, uh, the big twist would be if, you know, he, I don't know, uh, joins the front office or the coaching staff or some other next uh, phase in his career type thing. I'm not saying he's doing that. I have no idea, but um, you know, it'll be weird to know that he's retired. I know that there were some years without him on the Warriors roster, but those were the lost years, right? It was just weird seeing guys like Brad Wanamaker and Kelly Oubre on the roster. So, you know, uh, if the Warriors are in the playoffs and even just not having Andre in the bench, it will be a strange thing indeed. So looking at this Warriors roster, what do we got? All right. So we got Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Draymond, Looney, right? That's your starting five, in my opinion. I don't think you're bringing Chris Paul into that starting five, at least not right away. Then you have Chris Paul, Moses Moody, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, Darius Saric, and then Gary Payton the second. That's 10 dudes. And then you got Corey Joseph, Trace Jackson Davis, and uh, Pods. I'll just call him Pods. I'm still bad at pronouncing his last name. Uh, the rookie dude out of Santa Clara. And then you add, of course, uh, Lester Quinones and uh, Usman Garuba, who the Warriors signed last week, as uh, two-way guys. And remember, now you get three two-ways instead of just two. So, you know, the Warriors have some wiggle room here and there to try to fill the roster out in training camp. Um, I like this roster. I've said it before. I'm not going to go too deep into like uh, where I think they're going to land just yet. I said last week that I think if healthy, they're um, three or four, depending on how healthy the Suns are, just in terms of uh, like how good the roster is in the West. But looking at this, I mean, yeah, you could use some size, but the question is like, do you need more wings, right? Because Andrew Wiggins, classic wing, athletic, um, can shoot it a, a little bit now and can defend. Arguably, you know, you can start playing Clay Thompson more as a three. He doesn't have the quicks, of course, but, you know, that's another way. But then you also have to look at uh, Kaminga and Moses Moody, right? Kaminga, we know that Kerr plays him bigger, like a, like a power forward. And he has the potential to be a wing. He just doesn't yet have the handle or the, maybe the decision-making just yet, but that's something to keep an eye on. And then Moses Moody, a little bit slower footed, kind of a two guard slash wing. So are the Warriors thin at wing? It depends. It depends on how the two young guys develop. And I know that X factors. Everybody talks to X factors. Like, yeah, <laughs> those two dudes are a big deal, and I find it fascinating, right? Because like everybody wants to put Jonathan Kaminga in in a well, you know, he hasn't broken through yet, but maybe if he does, he'll be able to help, or maybe they could trade him. Man, back in 2021, after the draft, I said that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be the Warriors' best player in a few years, right? And, you know, it depends. It depends on what the roster looks like. It depends on how Steph ages and whatnot. But, you know, there's all this chatter that, like, he hasn't cracked the rotation, et cetera. And he's good enough. Let's face it. He's good enough. His shooting, his three-point shooting 
was way better towards the end of last season. And the only reason he didn't play was because Gary Payton came back from injury uh, and Andrew Wiggins came back from his uh, family absence. You know what I mean? So like Kerr is obviously going to play those guys more first ahead of Kaminga. But now let's see. Let's see. So thankfully the slow off season is almost over and uh, the preseason is just around the corner. Media day, I believe is on Monday, October 2nd and training camp starts the day after. So the stories get really deep and we get to see some of these guys play some of the new guys, some of the young guys see what happens when everyone uh, works out and yeah, get some real like basketball going on. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have some episodes talking about all that jazz and and uh, whatever comes out that uh, people find interesting to talk about and want to hear about. So that's it. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. The music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.